Hello, you're listening to KPMG's Private Client Insight Series, where we examine topical issues related to wealth management and family matters. I'm Vincent Wall, and I'm delighted to be joined on this occasion by Audrey Lydon, Tax Director KPMG, to tease out some of the key issues in relation to international matters and wealth management in that context. Audrey, lovely to talk to you. Likewise, Vincent. I'm delighted to be here. Now, what are the principal situations uh, people find themselves in, Audrey, when they need to, to focus on assets they may have in a different jurisdiction or they're going to have in a different jurisdiction. What type of people fall into these categories? I suppose, look, Irish people have always had a global focus in their outlook. They've had to, we've had to. Um, and this has impacted how, 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 how we live, how, how we invest and where we operate. So not only are Irish individuals and families going global um, in terms of their investments and where they travel, they're also now choosing to live in multiple countries. Um, as a result, they can have quite a tough time, um, you know, navigating the complex Irish tax system and how it fits together with the tax rules they face in other countries. Um, Also, in recent years, we're seeing more and more Irish expats making their way back home to Ireland Mm -hmm. to live and work. And tax can be a concern for them too in the context of leaving one tax system and re-entering the Irish tax system. And also, um, you know, um, there's, as you know, there's a lot of, you know, multinational companies operating here in Ireland. And very often these companies would relocate senior executives to Ireland, sometimes for, for a short time. Other times, you know, they might stay on longer. And most of these senior executives are foreign nationals. Um, so like in tax terms, we would call those, you know, Irish non-doms, mm. Irish people who are not domiciled, not domiciled in Ireland. And um, these, um, these individuals are subject to a very favourable, although complex tax regime called the remittance basis. So they do tend to need assistance understanding how it applies to them and how it interacts with the tax regime back in their home country. And I suppose as well, what you've referenced there is the principal categories where people are actually uh, moving abroad or moving to a different country, moving back, whether they're Irish or not. But we have Irish people living here most of the time who increasingly have assets abroad as well or sources of income abroad. A- absolutely, Vincent. You know, you know, wealth has gone global. So it's inevitable that Irish people have invested in multiple jurisdictions across the globe. And um, I suppose the in- the investments could range from, from holiday homes to buy-to-let properties um, or to even substantial investments in stocks and shares, you know, mm. listed on, you know, whatever various stock exchanges around the world. Um, and I suppose when, when these investments are being made, um, it's not necessary um, not to just it's not it's necessary not to just think about how the income from those investments are going to be taxed in Ireland, how the gains on the ultimate disposal of these investments are going to be taxed in Ireland. It is, you know, it's really essential also to think about, you know, how the income and gains will be taxed in the country in which the overseas assets are located. Which could be very different. Very, very different. Um and like, you know, and then and very often, like, you know, and to the extent really that the incoming gains um, will be taxed in both countries, you know, where the asset is located and where the owner is, is resident. Um, it's then, you know, things can get tricky and it's time to get into the, the into the technical detail where you have to consider, you know, is there a double tax treaty between these two countries? Um, a, a double tax treaty being a situation where you won't be taxed. Twice. Twice, exactly. That that's exactly right. So you know, like in the majority of um, of tax treaties, you know, in the case of real estate, say, and um, the country, you know, normally the country that in which the the property is located 
you know, has the right to tax the income and gains. So a holiday house in Yes, yeah, exactly. Could be subject to income, you know, or a gain, you know, in France. But then also because the person, you know, who owns the house is resident in Ireland and domiciled in Ireland, then um, the gain would also be taxed in Ireland. But in that scenario, Ireland would give a credit for the foreign tax paid. And also as well, you know, the tax analysis can get a little bit more tricky where investments aren't actually acquired, you know, directly by the individual, Mm. but instead maybe through a foreign corporate structure or trust structure. You know, very often, you know, we would see overseas property, say in the likes of Spain, acquired through corporate structures. And although, and like you know, and all this, and although the corporate structure is driven for you know, for say you know, local um, commercial and legal factors, there can be complex legislation back here in Ireland um, that does need to be considered um, to ensure that, as far as possible, that the timing of the tax point in both countries are aligned to minimise cases where the same investment returns could be taxed twice. You know, so... It so seems from what you're saying to me, Audrey, that one of the critical things that people who, who are, are, are going to be moving jurisdictions, whether they're, they're moving out of Ireland uh, or are moving back here uh, as either Irish citizens or non-nationals, is, is departure and pre-arrival planning. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 absolutely um, that absolutely is key. Um, I suppose um, when somebody, if we take people, you know, coming into Ireland, obviously there's a few things they need to think about. One is there any tax implications arising for them in the country that they're leaving? What are the tax implications of coming within? the Irish tax system and you know what you know is there you know what's the interaction between the two tax regimes so um so I suppose um well let's take non-nationals moving yeah. here as you say that's happening more frequently with, with with the multinationals based here you say broadly speaking it's 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 a friendly regime yeah. uh, and, and they need to be told that and advise that yeah but there are little quirks there aren't there for the there are there are there are yeah so so if somebody if a foreign national moves to Ireland you know and they become resident here, um, they are entitled to um to the remittance basis of taxation, and at a very high level, what that basically means is that they will be subject to um Irish income tax or to Irish tax on their foreign source income and gains, only to the extent that those income and gains are actually remitted to Ireland. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, there are um, some complex <laughs> rules, needless to say, about how remittances from bank accounts, you know what I mean, um, the nature of remittances from bank accounts. So it's not just that like, you've got one foreign bank account where you've got, say, for instance, all, you know, all of your income and gains that you were in prior to becoming resident in Ireland. Um, and then you've received income and, ga- income and gains that have been paid into that bank account that were earned since you've become resident, that becomes all sort of intermingled and mm-hmm. becomes a mixed fund. So you can't necessarily just say, well, actually, what I'm bringing back into Ireland is all the income and gains that I earned before I came to Ireland. So therefore, there's no further tax. Unfortunately, there's sort of, um, you know, there's, there, there, there's sort of a set of rules whereby what comes out first is income then your capital gains and then finally your clean capital. So for somebody like that, you know, who's who's come to Ireland, it's been really, you know, it's been, you know, moving lock, stock and barrel back here, worried about getting their family back to Ireland, you know, getting set up, you know, tax mightn't be on their mind. And it's only then, you know, maybe a few months down the line where they do have to tap into that money and bring it in, say, to purchase a house that they actually find they can't get access, you know, to the money that they earned before 
before they came to Ireland. And that's the case in, in terms of, of a large investment or purchase like yeah. a house or a major yeah. asset. But the revenue here will be keeping an eye as well on more mundane spending that somebody who, who comes to work here doesn't realise is actually a remittance into Ireland and is seen as income here. Absolutely. Um, you know, we see that time and time again and they're just sort of like, it's what we would call constructive remittances, you know. So whereby, you know, I'll just give you maybe an example to best demonstrate the point, you know. Obviously, foreign nationals will, will obviously have kept their, their foreign, you know, their bank, bank accounts in their home country. They may still have credit cards from their home country, in their home country. Um, so if those, say, credit cards, for instance, you know, has been in their foreign credit card has been used in Ireland, say, to purchase the weekly shopping to, you know, just day to day expenditure. Mm. So and that that um, credit card bill is actually paid using their foreign income and gains. That's actually a remittance. You know, and like, okay, using it the odd so that time. that is taxable in yeah, Ireland. Yeah, that is a taxable remittance. So, you know, using it the odd time, it mightn't be that material, you know. But actually, you know, it doesn't long, you know, be um, adding up where you could actually end up with an unexpected tax bill at the end of the year. Now, let's take Irish people who are moving overseas. Yeah. Uh, it, it's clear to me, and I don't know an awful lot about this, Audrey, that each revenue authority has its own rules and laws and quirk and we're, we're as quirky as the rest. So, as you say... In moving, particularly if you're moving your family as well, the last thing on your mind may be tax matters. But as part of that pre-planning, pre-departure planning, you should be at least getting advice as to how the tax implications and how different taxes work overseas as well as in Ireland and how the two might be joined up in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you know you, you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, it's important to understand um, what your obligations are going to be in Ireland once you've actually left. Um, it's also important to understand, you know, your obligations once you enter into the tax system, you know, in the, in the country that you're moving to. Um, and, you know, very, very often, um, you know, clients will think, well, actually, I'm leaving Ireland, you know, so... That's sort of, you know, maybe the end of my reporting obligations in Ireland. I'm now going to be paying tax in my, you know, in the, in my new country of residence. But that's not the case at all, because um, when you actually leave Ireland, you remain um, ordinarily resident in Ireland for another three years. So if somebody is leaving Ireland, you know, in 2021, you know, they don't really become fully non-resident until 2025 from a tax perspective from a tax perspective and and during that time they've also now become resident in a country you know in their their new country overseas so they become sort of resident in two countries Mm-hmm. And you then actually, again, you're back into the detail of the double tax treaties to try and establish, well, well where are they really resident for tax purposes? Um, and that can be quite subjective, you know. Um, and um, and then then really, I suppose, what, what, what I've seen is that, you know, where people might be, you know, if we even just take the example of people retiring abroad, say, you know, um, they might be leaving Ireland um, and basically what their, you know, their income streams, they might still have, um, say, an ARF, you know, an approved retirement fund in Ireland where they're going to receive distributions. They may still be shareholders in an Irish family company. And in their mind, they may think, well, actually, I'm now in Portugal. I'm going to be subject to um, the tax regime over there. Which is lower. Which which is more favourable, certainly. Um, but actually fail to realise, you know, um, that actually they're still 
still going to be subject to dividend withholding tax on dividends coming out of Ireland, you know, um, in those years while they're still while they're still resident classed as resident in Ireland. Um, and also um, their distributions from their ARF, um, you know, the revenue don't, um, you know, revenue in recent years has come out and sort of said, well, actually, the distributions from the ARF aren't really, you know, aren't regarded as pension income. Because under the terms of the Irish and Portuguese double tax treaty, um, normally pensions are only taxed where you're resident. So in that case, somebody retiring to Portugal would think, well, actually, I'm getting my pension. That's going to be, I'm within the Portuguese tax regime. There's nothing else to think about. But actually, Revenue have now come out and said, you actually have to look at the nature of the distributions from the ARF. And it could actually be regarded as dividends. It could be interest. It could be capital gains. So again, you may not be getting the result you actually expect. What, what this screams to me, Audrey, is that whether you're moving out of Ireland on a temporary or permanent basis or you're moving to here, whether you're Irish coming back or, or not, is that you need good advice on both sides of the journey in terms of, of the tax implications in either jurisdiction or perhaps both. Um, g- give us an example, for instance, of, of an Irish person moving overseas uh, where that person's income or wealth uh, properties or whatever might be taxed in a very different way yeah. than they would be used to here right. in Ireland. Yeah. Well, look, I'll give you a very extreme example here, OK? Um, like, God, this has gone back a good few years now. Um, we had a lady, actually, who decided to move to um, to the continent. Um, she didn't actually tell us before she went, and obviously that's her right. <laughs> um, but um, she obviously then came to us for assistance, you know, filing her um, your Irish tax return and her tax return in her new country of residence. And what actually transpired that it, that in this country at the time, you actually had to file two returns with the tax authorities, one at the beginning of the year, which was just really a statement of your assets. And then one at the end of the year, you know, which we're familiar with your usual tax return where you fought, you know, you report your income and gains and pay your tax. But what transpired was that if you hadn't filed your statement of assets at the start of the year, you have a penalty. There was a penalty at the time of 20% of the market value of those assets. Now, that's a really, really extreme case. And I'm glad to say the rules in that country has since changed. But there may be. But there, you know, there can be horror stories yeah. at times. Like, for instance, and I think we've touched on it in, in, in the succession planning uh, w- w- with Camilla. But that issue of if you have if you have property in France, for instance, yeah. and, and, and you're passing it on to somebody in your will or whatever, there are quite specific rules in France, aren't there? Oh, there, there, there are. Yeah, there, there are. And not just in France, I have to say. So, like, you know, luckily in Ireland, um, you know, most people, you know, generally have the freedom to choose who they want to leave mm. their estate to. Now, obviously, that's on the basis the proper provision is made for the surviving spouse and children. But actually, you know, what you've alluded to just there... Um, you know, in, in many of the mainland um, European countries, that's not the case at all. You've got this forced, her- forced airship, which basically dictates who the assets, do you know what I mean, should be left to. And um, that can just give mm. rise to, um, you know, like all, sorts of, all sorts of issues, not just tax, but like you've got, obviously, maybe the, the deceased person may have wanted the property to pass to their spouse. Now, actually, that's not going to happen. It's going to go to, to, the, to the children and um, that can lead to family feuds, professional costs and unforeseen tax consequences. Now, thankfully, um, back in 2015, you know, there was an effort, you know, effort was made to try and harmonise succession laws across Europe, mm. um, which is which is sort of commonly referred to as the Brussels 4 regulation. Um, and 
what that basically was designed to do was that those countries that opted into it, that um, assets could pass under the, the law in which the, the, the deceased person is resident. So um, now Ireland, Denmark and the UK at the time actually chose to opt out of it because they didn't want foreign law interfering, you know, with local succession. However, it's still really important for an Irish person who actually has assets um, in the countries that did sign up, that did sign up to the Brussels um, for regulation. So taking your example where you've got an Irish person dies in Ireland, has a holiday home in France. If that person has elected in their will to opt into the Brussels 4 um, regulation, well, then they've got control who the asset passes to. So if the desire was to pass it to the surviving spouse, then that could pass to the surviving spouse tax, you know, free from tax. Um, if, however, that election wasn't made or if there was no valid will in place covering that overseas asset, well, then the forced airship would kick in. Right. So it's it's so advice in that regard is critical. It's absolutely critical, and it's just really look. We always advise clients anyway to review their wills, you know, f- you know, frequently, and certainly where you've got major, you know, life events like acquiring an overseas property, it's really, really important to bear that in mind. We discussed uh, Irish people moving overseas or people owning assets overseas and, and some of the quirks that may apply there and, and, and the need to be fully aware of them in their planning. We've discussed uh, non-Irish nationals coming to work here, generally a benign tax regime for them, yes. but there are things to look out for. What about Irish nationals returning to Ireland? And we see that increasingly, thankfully. We are, yeah. It's, it's great. Timing is key? Yeah, time, timing is certainly key. Um, there's a few things really. Timing is key. I suppose thinking about um, their their overseas family home, the timing of that disposal can be key. Um, why, why so? Um, I suppose um, with the family home. Well, I suppose maybe I'll just talk touch mm. on the timing first, yeah. if that's okay. Um, so with the timing, obviously, um, Ireland has a Ireland's tax year runs from first of January to thirty first of December. So, um, and if somebody, um, depending on at what time that person returns to Ireland, they may be resident in Ireland. So a person is regarded as tax resident in Ireland if they've been present here for one hundred and eighty three days, or two hundred and eighty days over. Um, two consecutive years having spent at least 30 to 30 days in each year they will then be Irish resident yeah so for expats returning home then if they're actually resident in the year of their return they're going to be subject to Irish tax on their on their their worldwide income and gains arising in that year. Right. So if you've actually got somebody coming back to Ireland who might have, you know, substantial, you know, foreign income um, or gains, do you know what I mean, that are that are being, you know, that are being realised in the year of their return, they may wish to delay their return to Ireland maybe to later to later in the year so that they're non-resident and this is really That's to a in- critical issue, it's it? very critical and this is really to ensure that income and gains that are realized and earned when they've had no connection to Ireland is not subject to Irish tax and mm. um, so so timing is really key now you asked me there just to you know to explain the piece mm. about the, the the main residence sorry I got ahead of myself there no that's <laughs> fine <laughs> um so so with the with the main residence um you know most people rightfully think look if I sell my main home I don't pay tax on that and that is general gen- generally the case in most countries because there is the the principal private residence relief and um, things are very straightforward if, you know, somebody returning to Ireland has lived in the property for the entire period and they sell it within 12 months of moving out. 
then the gain is fully exempt. But I have seen cases, certainly cases where people, you know, you know, maybe back in 2014, 2015, Ireland was coming out of the recession. You know, things were looking better. People were moving back home. And what I've seen is cases where like they've moved back. They haven't been able to sell their house overseas maybe the market is down they haven't you know so mm. they might decide actually well, look we'll keep it we'll let it out we'll rent it out for a while but actually then they come to they come to sell it and actually they realize that a, the, a portion of the gain is no longer you know is subject to irish tax and i have seen that catch people out and especially it can you know it can impact their cash flow yeah. in terms of their pur- purchasing a property in ireland etc it's just an unexpected tax liability there's also the suggestion, I think, Audrey, that, that if you're moving back here, there are possible benefits of, of selling your assets overseas and repurchasing them, uh, again, just, to, just to, 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 to be as efficient as possible in terms of your tax liabilities. Is that a question of timing as well, to some degree? It, it is, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, We would always recommend to people thinking about coming back to Ireland to, to review you know, to review of their assets and, and, again, to review their income streams for, for the reasons discussed. Um, um, and and I think really with you know if, if a review of the of a person's investment portfolio, it can be extremely beneficial where investments have grown substantially in value. So um, in such cases, um, as you've said, it may be worthwhile disposing and reacquiring investments which have appreciated in value. And the idea really is to rebase the that to rebase the cost of these investments for Irish capital gains tax purposes, mm. so that when they're coming to eventually sell the assets um, tax is not payable in Ireland on gains that were earned really when when the person disposing of it had no connection with Ireland um, and just and I suppose it's interesting so, so from the period that they then come to live in Ireland yeah. any gains are, are just from that period exactly. onwards exactly that's right and actually just you know it's worth mentioning as well on the flip side um, any investments that have actually gone down Lost in value, value. Um, should probably be retained until such time as the individual does become Irish resident because um, a disposal of these investments will generate losses um, which can be used to offset um, future gains on the disposal of both Irish and foreign assets. Whereas if if the losses were realised prior to becoming resident in Ireland, they would not be available. I suppose when I was asking you about investments there for people coming back, Audrey, I was talking about physical assets, whether properties or or, or, or other physical assets. Does does that apply as well in case of, of, of financial assets that people might own overseas, such as funds? Oh, it does indeed, um, Vincent. You know, we recommend that all individuals um, thinking about coming back to Ireland review their portfolio of, of investments in advance of their return. Um, like the rate of tax that can apply to income and gains from investments can vary from 0% to 55%. So it's very important for clients to understand the tax treatment of their investments before they before before they become resident in Ireland. You know, um, clients nowadays no longer just invest in direct equities and instead invest in sophisticated products such as offshore funds and insurance bonds, which are subject to their own special tax regime here in Ireland, where gains can be taxed tax to 41% as opposed to CGT at 33%. And there's also some other sort of, um, you know, so quirks to these investments. Um, very often, the losses arising on these investments cannot be um, used to shelter gains arising on the disposal of other assets. And furthermore, there is actually a deemed disposal of these offshore investments every eight years 
which generates an unfunded tax charge. So you've got a tax bill, but you haven't got the proceeds from the sale to pay it. That's under Irish revenue law. That's under Irish revenue law. Whether you actually dispose of them or not, there's an automatic assumption that you dispose of them which will generate a liability yeah there is a deemed disposal yeah that that's right so that can come as a nasty shock to people um and you know i have seen cases where clients have gotten caught out really badly with this um you know i remember a chap moving back to ireland who had acquired an offshore fund seven years earlier um, he was resident in Ireland then on the eighth anniversary, you know, the following year. So he was deemed to have had disposed of that investment, thereby triggering a tax charge on a substantial gain of 41%. You know, had he had um, obtained advice prior to coming back to Ireland, he could have disposed of the, ver- of the, the offshore fund at, and at the very least reacquired it at market value so as to rebase the cost, as, I, as we've just discussed in the context of other assets. And um, or at least um, and, and at least restart the eight year clock so that he wouldn't have the deemed disposal for another eight years, sort of kicking the can down that down the road a little bit. So um, so like so it really is critical, you know, to to, to take the time to to review those um, investment assets with your with your wealth advisor and, and your your tax advisor before coming to Ireland. And there's just probably one other sort of critical point to mention. Um, in the terms of foreign nationals coming to Ireland, because again, they would, they you know, they will be advised. Well, actually, you're only going to be subject to Irish tax on your foreign income and gains to the extent you know that they're brought into Ireland. But this remittance basis doesn't apply to these these fund investments. They will be taxed on these gains as they arise. So again, that can come come as a shock and um, can again trigger unexpected tax charges. So like, you know, the devil really, really is in the detail when it comes to these investments. A lot of a lot of devil in those details, Audrey, uh, and a lot of insights that you've given us uh, this today. Um, before we wrap up, have you any overriding message for people listening in? Yeah, I think really sort of on a final note, um, when it comes to the interaction of taxes in multiple jurisdictions, you know, things can get complicated, um, as we've discussed. There's increased compliance obligations across the globe. There are traps for the unwary. So seeking out bespoke advice early on always pays off. Thanks indeed, Audrey. Good advice there. Audrey Lydon, Tax Director with KPMG. And if you're interested in other wealth management advisory issues, please tune in to the other podcasts in the series. 